hey, it's Ian Altman, people would come to me and say, can you build a community where we can interact with other people who are applying same-side selling to their business? And that's what we built with the Same-Side Selling Academy. Best of all, right now, it's totally free. So go to samesidesellingacademy.com, sign up there, and be a part of the community. And just, I encourage you to be an active member of that community. I look forward to seeing you there. Hey, it's Ian Altman. Today's guest is Scott Gerber. Scott is the CEO of the community company and the author of the new book, Super Connector, Stop Networking and Start Building Business Relationships That Matter. We're going to talk about the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to networking, two tests that you can give yourself to determine if you're being a weasel or a valuable connector. We'll talk about the traits of top connectors and a specific roadmap for the things you should do to become a super connector. There's a ton of great information, really tactical information you can use. You're going to learn a ton from Scott Gerber. Scott Gerber, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So tell our audience something surprising about you that they may not know. My wife and I thought it was an amazing idea to have four children and a dog, plus the two of us, in a three-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Instead of having that suburban home, we sold that entire lifestyle to move back into something double the cost and half the space with two times the kids than when we left. Dude, your credibility is shot for everything we're going to talk about now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, all right, well, the guy is clearly crazy. Uh, You know, insanity is a form of flattery to some people. Yeah, to some. (laughs) (laughs) Only to some, though. All right, cool. So we're talking about your latest book, Super Connector, Stop Networking and Start Building Business Relationships That Matter. And before we dive into all the things that people should do and all the insights in the book, I want to start on the opposite end. And what are the biggest mistakes that you see people make when it comes to networking? Oh, man. How many hours is this podcast again? (laughs) Well, today Um, I guess it's going to be three hours. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the most important thing is – Like you can't lose weight by just dieting for 30 days or doing a cleanse over the weekend, you can't just expect to follow a series of tips and tactics and follow what the gurus and the ninjas and all the nonsense MLM folks out there are saying about building relationships. It is a mindset lifestyle change. It is not follow these three steps to relationship building success. We've all met the networker. The person that comes up to you at an event, shakes your hand with his right hand, has the business card in the left, talks about himself in the first 15 seconds and only about himself while looking over your shoulder at the next person in the room he should be connecting with. And there's that problem that too many people would fail my test, which I'll get into in a minute, that they are transactional out-for-themselves thinkers. They are not value builders. They are not long-term relationship people. And so we go in to this mindset that networking is I need to solve an equation for myself. I need to get value extracted to accomplish this goal. And that's the lens in which we build quote-unquote relationships. That's the wrong way. And nine times out of ten, I would hope, the person on the other side of that equation sees it for what it is in 10 seconds. And yeah, they might give you the business card out of pity or just to try to get you out of their face, but that is going nowhere fast. And I would argue that is the majority of the hand grab relationship set that you're going to get from that mentality. 
So, Scott, what do you think is causing that? If we know that when that happens, we're like, man, I need to like sanitize and de-louse because I just met this total weasel. Yep. What causes that? Why are people still doing that? So, I, you know, to be quite honest, I think that like every single thing in the world, from marketing platforms to the way we speak to one another to the actual genuine need for human connection, there was a version 1.0. Right. And version 1.0, you know, however many decades or, you know, eons ago was the wholesome. You're meeting your buddies at the lodge and networking to build relationships. And it was a, a great activity. It was the right way to do things. It was not bastardized. Right. And then like everything else in life, one generation did its little take. Five generations down, it's little take. Then terms like growth hacking came along. Then conversion metrics came along. Then all these ways in which we've bastardized humanity being amplified by technology to technology replacing humanity and constructs like that took shape because people made money. And so I think that, frankly, number one, it happens and it's prevalent today because there is no new mainstream framework. There's a lot of very smart people who do relationship building innately and incredibly well, but their teachings have not gone mainstream, and that's what we aimed to fix in the book and the way that we run our business. But secondarily, people are lazy. It's the same reason why when you want to lose the 10 pounds, you don't say, man, today's the day I'm going to change my life. It's what's the thing, the product, the food source for the next X period of time that I can do to change my life, but not really change my life. Yeah. So, so I think that's really what it is. It's the human psyche uh, that we just – we don't want to change. We are creatures of habit. Um, but I think that the funniest thing – and I mentioned that test that uh, I said a second ago. Most people can't pass my two tests. Tests number one, okay? This isn't even in the book or anything. This is just like real, real stuff here that I just live by. Test number one, have you ever, and I mean this to your audience, ask yourself this question, have you ever talked with the top of your lungs and all of your gusto a quote-unquote tip or tactic that is the thing, the thing you suggest everyone does, and then if someone does that same tactic to you, you'd be the first one to delete it or ignore it? Most people love to talk a good game about what we should be doing, but then if you ask them, would you be susceptible or would you be a participant in that activity, they'd be like, no, no, because I know it's a tip or a tactic or a thing, <laughs> so, so, which is hysterical to me, right? It's like you're, you're, you're putting yourself on a pedestal in a podium saying, this is the thing, guys. This is the thing, but you're the first one to delete that email, right? So that's, that's number one. And then the second thing, and this is an intellectually honest exercise, right? No one other than you, not even your mom, needs to know the answer to the following audit of yourself. I want you to, to be very cognizant of when you find yourself in a conversation with someone you've never met before for the next five or so conversations you're in, okay? You can't know the person. This is just totally like meeting someone for the first time, no matter how you met them. You're looking at the person and talking to them. If your mind goes in one direction and that direction is, oh man, this person's not valuable to me, then you failed my test. <laughs> because most people immediately, even if they don't mean to, instinctively are thinking, is this person good for me to know to accomplish something in my life? Instead of what we advocate and what myself and other connectors who really believe in this mindset of, of being a connector do, which is to say, 
is there value I can create for this individual? Or my curiosity kicks in and says, how can I get to a point in this conversation where I can learn enough to determine, can I create value? Or later on, I want to store information about this person to create value potentially. Um, now, that doesn't mean every conversation you're going to have in life is earth shattering and life changing, nor does it mean you're going to be able to create value for every person. But the point is, and I'm sure by your laugh, I, I, I think you get it. If you instantly go to this person's not valuable because you're in the insurance business and he or she was in the, you know, the car industry, you're missing the point of what it's like to actually be in a mindset to build smart relationships. I think part of this guy is getting back to this notion of are you in it for the short term or you're in it for the long run? And if you're in it for the long run, you're thinking, well, how can I add value to this other person? And candidly, are there people in my networking community who either could benefit this person or could benefit from this person is the mindset that I try and share with people that says, look, if you're thinking to yourself, who else do I know who this person could help or who else do I know who might be able to help this person? And, you know, what I want to understand from this person is, well, so what kind of problems do you help people with? Because I might know people who have those problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the, the key traits of a connector, there's really three core things that we have found that all you know, truly amazing connectors share. And that's first and foremost, emotional intelligence. The idea that you can be empathetic to another human being, regardless if their problems are big or small, regardless if their challenges are small or big. But the idea that you care about people, right? Because you can't really be a connector if you don't like people. Um, and, and, or that you don't care about the things that matter to them, regardless if they're self-interest or not in it for you. So that's the first thing. This the second thing that we found, uh, which is, is incredibly important, is self-awareness. Not only uh, from a reflective point of view, can you identify who you are and what you're about and what makes you tick and be totally authentic in what that is without putting paint on yourself, but more importantly, do you have enough self-awareness to understand how others perceive you? I think some people have a lot of internal self-awareness, but really have no sense of the external. And this hurts especially like extrovert connectors, right? Because we all know, you know, guys like you and I who could walk into a room of a thousand people and, and walk out with 10 great people you want to have a beer with, you know, that same thing that works in some circles could be seen as arrogant or you're better than people or you're the loud mouth. And so understanding environmental, uh, ways in which you're looked at from, from a 360 surrounding point of view and not just you know your internalizing of self-awareness is important. And then the final thing and probably the most crucial thing that most people uh, don't naturally have is curiosity, right? A lot of people you know might say, oh, that's interesting, but that's not them actually being curious. That's just an off you know statement to get out of a situation or to you know look intelligent when you're not on a subject matter. You know, but but curious people at the end of the day, that is the difference because the key for any connector is to almost be like a Sherlock Holmes of discourse. You need to be someone who pulls context out of people so that you can interpret and extrapolate from what it, you will value and creation and ways in which to build a foundation for a relationship because most people aren't very good at conversation. Most people aren't good at talking about themselves. So curiosity is crucial to pull out that great context. Yeah, it makes me think of a couple of things. One, one of my favorite guests on the podcast, and I forget which episode that it is, is a guy named Barry Glassman. And Barry has a wealth management firm that has, I think, in the last five years, I think four, four if not all five of the years, has been recognized as best place to work in the Washington, D.C. area. And so I, I was asking him some of the secrets that he has in terms of how he hires people. 
And one of the things he cited was, well, we look for people who are just in, innately curious. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, like they're curious about how something works or how people do things and they have a passion for things. And he said, those people who are curious are going to be curious with our clients and are going to be curious on behalf of our clients. And the people who aren't curious are probably never going to be curious about anything but themselves. And so it's interesting that he, that he draws from that piece of the curiosity. I then said, well, so how do you do that? I mean, do you, what do you find out if they liked Curious George as a child? And then we had a whole <laughs> tangent about how he felt that Curious George was actually evil. But um, it's, <laughs> it's worth going back and listening to that episode because it's funny because Barry's a pretty – being a wealth advisor who manages a firm with well over a billion in assets, um, people see him as a pretty conservative guy. He's on CNBC often and things like that and just it was one of the funniest episodes ever. But um, but that idea of curiosity I think is is key. Now, if we know that people shouldn't be talking about themselves, if we know they need to have that emotional intelligence to not only have empathy as to what's going on with other people but have that self-awareness about their own position and have that curiosity, what are some of the things that, that you guys write about that they should be doing if you want to build – these business relationships that matter instead of networking? It all starts with great conversation. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, this idea of you're the Sherlock home of discourse, right? There is no such thing as small talk to a connector. We just don't do it, right? Small talk, it's, it's meant to be pleasant and lazy by definition because it's simple, right? It's how's the weather? Um, you know, wh- you know wh- what are you doing today? Things that just sort of pass time um, that frankly is a waste of time. And, and one thing we know about connectors is they're productivity snobs. I mean, that's one thing like efficiency is crucial because in the world of connecting and community, your time is your number one asset. Um, so first and foremost, it's about learning how to lead conversations without overboard leading conversations. And that is finding the right questions, finding the right way in which to connect with other people, again, using that curiosity to navigate. So for example, a bad question, you know, would be something like, you know, you like the Knicks? Yes. Right. First of all, who the hell likes the Knicks? But more importantly, you know, it, it leads to a yes. But those seven no. people, if you find them, man, you're <laughs> onto something. But but you know, the point is, you, you you get a yes or a no or a short phrase and then a, a stopping point, right? Conversations are meant to be natural and flow and lead into more and more context and nuance. So the kinds of questions you want to ask somebody are things that really dive deep into things they care about. Um, so, for example, what are you working on right now that you're really excited about? Boom. Right there, you've got something that is timely, which means right now it's, it's of material importance to the individual. It's something you know they really care about. It's something that if you can help them accomplish in some way, you become memorable and a stalwart in their community and as a sphere of influence to them. And it allows a natural jumping off point to conversational questions like, oh, so what's gonna, what are some steps that you would view uh, specifically to help you get there? Or who are the kinds of people that help you accomplish that goal? Or, oh, so in a year from now, when I see you again at the next event we happen to be at, uh, how will you know you've succeeded? What, what's st- what, what will be the defining moment of success for you? And it allows you to pull in this great context. So that's sort of version one. 
But then great connectors also have incredible systems. Now, when I say systems, you have some folks that are hardcore CRM, Salesforce, you know, that level system. You have others that have created their own workflows like Excel spreadsheets with 100 tabs long, their own methodology for ranking people and pulling in keywords and being able to index it. Then you have people like me who do a very straightforward thing. After every conversation I have, I go into the phone app on my iPhone. I go into the contacts notes section. I write down five bullet points. Bullet one, where were we when we last spoke? What were the surroundings I was in and anything pertinent to the surroundings? Because as you and I both know, Ian, there's a difference between we're at an event randomly and we're at a curated event as a result of someone specific who brought us in the room. Very different situation. It allows you to figure out the meaningful nature of the room as well as the level of quality of individuals and amazing people there. Very different room, right? So environment matters. The next bullets are what did we talk about and what were we doing as bullet three when we were talking about it? right? Were we having a drink? And if we were having a drink, what's the specific drink we were drinking? Did I ask, was that your favorite drink or brand? Things like that, that provide more context. Then something that is amazing about the person, you know, they dance the caparena, right? They're competitive caparena dancers, you know, whatever the case is, right? And then finally, what is something that I would jump off as a natural point the next time we speak? So if they said, oh, we're going on this trip to uh, Florida to close this really big deal, we're really excited about it. That means next time as a lead off to that conversation, I can immediately say, hey, John, you know, last time we spoke, you know, I know you had that big deal uh, that you were traveling to Florida for. How'd that go? Boom, right there, natural conversation, right back in it. And so these kinds of simple things, human things aided by technology, amplified by technology, but not run by technology, enable us to better humanize ourselves. And it sounds funny, but I I always laughed, and I'm sure you're guilty of this just like I am. Have you ever said, you know, what are your tips for the real world versus the digital one? (laughs) As if to say there's like a difference between how you should be as a human – in the real world, like when you see someone versus they're online, like there should be different rules. But that kind of constructs what happened here. We have to get back our humanity. We have to go back to not trying to conversion growth hack our way to success because it has fundamentally bastardized our lens and peripherals of the way we should be building relationships in all aspects. And that's why these simple things are a framework for success. But there is no tried and true tips or five-minute abs formula here. It's funny. Our our mutual friend Derek Coburn often talks about at networking events and even online. The person who goes online and says, hey, check me out. Isn't this awesome? He said, could you imagine someone in a face-to-face walking into a networking event, standing on a table and saying, hey, check me out. It's like, <laughs> it's like you know, if you did that, everyone would start throwing stuff at you. But people think online you can do that, and they, they haven't figured out that they can't. Well, what's, what's funny is we've started to think from the lens of we're a brand, right, which is another horrible thing. Um, I get the idea of personal brand. We talk a lot about it. There's nothing wrong with amplifying your humanity and things you truly care about. But when you do it from the lens of conversion versus meaning, you're going to have a problem, right? Look what happened recently with Facebook making its major announcements around changing their newsfeed. Now, this sounds like how is this even related to being a connector, but it's fundamentally connected because these platforms have basically morphed into what humans morphed into. So we morphed into megaphones rather than communicators. 
And that's why these platforms got bastardized. Well, Zuckerberg saw what was happening and said, well, we've got to stop that. One, because it's frankly destroying the fabric of our society. But secondly, because that's not what humanity should be. And now you have this massive changeover where communication and conversation is going to be the difference maker. So we tell brands, our clients all the time, you know, guys, you can keep screaming as loud as you want, like you said, like Derek said on that table. But the party is going to leave if you're not the people around the table serving the drinks and handing them out to, you know, toast to something on the other person's success and learning what that success moment is. You're missing the boat. There's a couple things that struck me as you were talking. One is that when you're talking about the systems that you use and how you're using the notes feature on the contacts in your phone, what I want the audience to pick up on is at no point did Scott say, oh, and I also take note about what's the opportunity for me and what the business angle is. Everything you're talking about is the human side of it Mm -hmm. about them. Absolutely. And it's about – um, so what what were we doing as we were discussing these topics, and where were we at that last interaction? And what did I what did I note that was in essence noteworthy, or remarkable about when we were together there? And then um, that whole notion of any noteworthy topics to revisit next time I meet with them, I think makes it so that we're connecting at a personal level. It's it's interesting that I'm interested in your take on this. One of the things that I often tell people in in a networking context is I say, look, so if you go to an event and there are 40 people, how many potential customers of yours do you think you could be connected to in that room? And people will consistently give me a number that is less than whatever I told them was the number of people in the room. And I'm like, see, you don't get it. See, it's not called networking endpoints, these are all connections. Each one of those people is connected to thousands of people. So if you can learn more about them and if you can, when prompted, share how you help other clients, it's not about selling to the person in the room. It's about building connection that people say, you know what? I like and respect this person enough that I trust that they could help other people I know who have a problem they're good at solving. Absolutely. And again, I just want to be clear with your audience. You know, look, I might be a, you know, big on humanity, but I also have a business, right? And it's it's not wrong to build profit from your global portfolio, if you will, of relationships. I would never call it that, right? But that it's it's clearly like we live in a world where people want to work with good people, right? The difference is when you treat every variable as a target versus your overall network as your net worth. That's the difference, right? And so, you know, in the book, we talk a lot about the top connectors and how they look at the the world with different lenses and how they, you know, approach a lot of different ways of of meeting people. And uh, since we've talked about Derek being a good mutual friend, uh, what better way than to share a point of his that I think is totally uh, aligned with what you just said, which is, you know, he would throw these wine events, uh, for wealth management clients. And he would invite, you know, his client and then he would tell them, bring someone else who truly cares about the wine experience. Like people that are just really big on really high end wines. Now, obviously he's connecting a community around a mutual experiential thing they all enjoy. 
But he's also setting the stage for himself to never have to talk to the friends of his clients about his services and what he does. Because he's set the room up in a way that if people want to know, they're going to look right to the left of their you know, glass when they're enjoying a good cup of wine to their friend who brought them, who uh, understandably, because the people that you surround yourself with are likely also people that would be in the realm of his customer uh, experience, the people that are going to be serviced by people like Derek. And he's going to say to his friend, hey, why are we here? And what exactly does Derek do? And oh, what do you think of him? And before Derek even walks up to cheers you, he's going to be asked a question nine times out of 10, like either, hey, thanks for having me. What do you think of the wine? Or, you know, John says great things about you. And boom. Yep. You set the table. So let me let me ask you this, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna wanna wrap on this, which is what is it so when someone in a networking event says to you, Hey, so what do you do? Because invariably someone will. Someone is gonna say, Well, what do you do? What advice do you have for them for how they should position that so they don't come across like this slimy networking weasel? Yeah, I mean, look, it sounds really funny, but you're, again, it's not that you're not allowed to talk about what you do, right? But first, I wouldn't talk in marketing speak. I think we are all so stuck to our LinkedIn profile or our corporate bio uh, that we'll say something like, we provide high-end solutions to the IT world that deliver, you know, LTV extension and da-da-da-da, and you talk like your marketing copy. Right. And this is something that people do not because they're trying to uh, be a certain way or do a certain thing. It's just they're so surrounded by that every day that they get caught up in it. And and so, again, human remedial words like, you know, hey, oh, we we uh, we provide X, Y, Z to X, Y, Z, have a number of clients around the country. That's simple. Off the cuff, not trying to sell, just general language that just says it clearly. And if they have questions, they'll ask you. One of the pieces of guidance that I share with people is, like, you don't need to talk about what you do. You just talk about the kind of problems you solve. So if I'm talking to someone, you know, you might say to them, well, usually my clients come to me because they're facing a problem like this or that. Yep. And then someone's going to say, really, you fix that or whatever. I don't care. In which case, you just got to the truth as to whether they care about that or not and then leave it where it is. You know, it's too often people think they're in the business of convincing Instead of just uncovering the truth, which is, um, which is, I think where where we need to focus a little bit more is the humanity side of it and the truth side of it. And when you do that, the business side will likely take care of itself. If people are curious, they'll ask. Yep. And if you've been curious and continue to be curious, they'll come back when needed. Yep. Um, but but I just think it's just so important. At the end of the day, just stop being a walking billboard. I mean, it's that simple, right? Uh, and don't be that guy. And, and I know that sounds so obvious and some people will be like, well, I'm not that guy and you are that guy, right? And that's where the self-awareness comes in and that's where you have to really be able to assess yourself. Um, but look, at the end of the day, you know, I'm here to tell everybody as someone who builds communities on a regular basis with thousands of the most successful uh, entrepreneurs and C-suite executives out there from YEC to Forbes councils to global and enterprise level communities as well. Um, there is time for us to change course and people are doing it every day to create great business opportunities and great business relationships, but they're just doing it in a really smart way. And when they do it in a smart way and you're the reason that sort of brought folks together, you're the one who 
helps to sell those best practices in. And you're the one who is the, the sphere of influence because you are the arbiter of that community and have demonstrated the ethos and the, again, the, the consistency, the best practices, the humanity. Everybody will come back to you because they'll see you as the reason for why they've seen more success in their own lives. So be a teacher, uh, not a preacher. Uh, in this particular case. And I'm telling you, long term, it comes back tenfold, personally, most importantly, and professionally as an offshoot. That's great, Scott. So listen, we're going to have a link in the show notes for people to um, to get your book. What's the best way for people to connect with you and to learn more about what you guys are doing? Absolutely. So you can uh, reach out to me on Twitter, very active, at Scott Gerber, S-C-O-T-T-G-E-R-B-E-R. Uh, check out the book at superconnectorbook.com or buy it anywhere books are sold. And always wanting to hear how I can help uh, brands and media companies figure out how to really build valuable communities of their stakeholders. Excellent. Well, Scott, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for the time. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key information I think you can use and apply to your business right away. First, make sure that you don't have that wrong mindset of what's in it for me. And ask yourself that great question, have you ever taught something that you would hate? Because if you have, you should stop doing it. The three traits of the top connectors are emotional intelligence or empathy, self-awareness, how others perceive you, and then that curiosity. And when you're curious about other people, that's when you become that super connector. And that's when you can, as they say in the title, subtitle of the book, you can stop networking and start building business relationships that matter. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic you think I should have on the show or a guest you think I should have appear here, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.